Okay, are you thinking about buying a home this summer? Are you curious, like, what are the lending options that are available? Do you need to save for 20%? Can you do for something less? We're going to go over all of these questions, not more, but if you want to go options that are specifically for you, please be sure to contact me with my information below, and I will be able to help you directly because there's going to be lots of different options, and you will see that pretty quickly, depending on your profession, depending on your credit score, depending on what price you want to buy up to. There's going to be a lots of different options to consider. And so we're going to be going over some of these so that you can be educated and, and you will be able to plan accordingly. Can you keep, can you buy right now or do you need to spend more time to save to be able to buy a place? Let's do an intro. So a little bit about me. My name is Spencer Sue, your favorite Bay Area real estate agent. Me and my wife are a real estate and lending team. So all of these questions about lending, all these questions about real estate, given we do it together, there is certainly a lot of knowledge that we're going to share with you so that you are prepared as you go through this journey. To give you some background, we've helped over 200 clients and 200 families in the last four years, which allows us to be in the top 1% of the country when it comes to real estate and lending. Now, we also have a very helpful YouTube channel. Some of you are watching this on the live stream right now. Others are watching this on the webinar. Feel free to subscribe, youtube.com slash C slash Spencer HSU, or connect and follow me on Instagram, Spencer Sue RE. All right. Now, let's talk about this. Before you even think about buying a place, before you even talk about lending, before you even look at any open houses, you got to understand and think about why are you looking at a home to begin with? What is your motivation? And there's many reasons, right? Are you tired of renting? Who is it? But are you going to do something about it? Are you looking for more privacy? Do you want to have an investment? Do you want to settle down somewhere and have stability? Have you outgrown your space and you're tired of moving from one place to another? Do you want to be closer to work? Like these are all reasons. Maybe you have noisy neighbors. Maybe you're just tired of where you want to be, right? The reason why it's so important is because as you go through your journey, it is not easy for everyone. And what can possibly go wrong? You may be competing with multiple buyers. You may thought, think you had your thoughts of where you want to be, but that may not be the reality of the options that are there relative to your budget. And you may just be discouraged. And so the most important thing that I found for successful people is remembering what is their why and having the perseverance. Perseverance, but also the patience, right? Perseverance as in every week, they actively look. Every week, they are ready to go. They are prepared. At the same time, that the patience. If they lose the bid for whatever reason, if they're not finding things, are they willing to expand their search? Are they willing to be more accommodating? Having that instead of being personally hurt that you did not get the place, right? These are all tactics and, and tips for everybody as they go through this. Because if you're the only buyer, it will be too easy. You think you're the only buyer out there that has money? Let's be realistic, right? There's plenty of people out there that have these reasons to want to buy a place. Now, it doesn't mean it's overly competitive. It doesn't mean like everybody wants to buy the same house that you're buying, but you have to have that expectation that you may not get your first offer accepted. And many people um, rarely do, right? Because it's not like you're the only buyer that is out there. That's important just to be mindful of. So keep that in mind. Now, let's talk about home ownership. Let's really break it down. There is nothing hidden about this. It's very simple. Number one, if you're buying with a loan, there's going to be mortgage 
and interest, right? There's gonna be mortgage payments. So how much you left or how much you owe left on the principal along with the interest that the bank will charge. Now, typically how it really works in terms of breaking it down, in the beginning, that's how the bank makes their money. A big portion of the interest goes to the bank versus the principal. So let's say you spend $5,000 a month. Let's say 4,000 is to the bank, 1,000 is to the principal, but over time, this gets balanced out. Then the bigger goes to the principal and the bank interest is lower. So that's how the, the, that's how the, the system works, right? So there's a mortgage amount. There is a property tax amount. This is paid to the state. It will pay for state and local governments. Typically, it's about 1.25% a year of the value of the home. Next, you have homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's insurance, you may have heard all these different things. All states, uh, State Farm, these big providers have exited the California industry. We'll see if they come back. Now, there is this other plan that's available from the government, which is a subsidy, subsidized version of it, which is called FAIR. But there are so many other providers out there like Geico, Progressive, and so on and so forth. But you want to budget that according. But you definitely need to get a quote of this in advance to calculate that. In the past, like for my case, my home, my insurance for a single family is like $1,600 a year. But don't be surprised now that it's significantly more. Let's say $2,500, $3,000. If you're in the hills, it could be $10,000 a year. Right? Those are two to $4 million plus homes, $10,000 plus a year. It's the new reality. So just budget accordingly. It will obviously impact price at one point, but budget that accordingly as part of your monthly. It's all predictable and it's all a monthly amount. Next, if you're living in a condo or a townhome or a new or single family, you will always have an HOA. HOAs are not always bad. Think about this. If it wasn't for this HOA, it wasn't for this community, you may not have been able to get into that home to begin with. There are only so many old single families that you can buy. That's why those prices are significantly higher. But don't think of it completely as a negative. Just understand what you're getting and understand that this is a stepping stone. And this is also some reduced maintenance of getting into a condo or townhome as your first place. Next, utilities. You're paying this anyways, for the most part, if you're a tenant. But you pay electricity, gas, water, potentially sewage and garbage. Those are all going to be covered as part of as being a homeowner. And then you may set aside some money for repair. Most of it is relatively predictable. But there may be things that come around that you have to now fix you are the landlord or you're the you're the owner not the salon you're the owner so when you understand this this wraps it in into a total monthly amount right it's all a monthly amount it's not a, a lump sum so it's a monthly amount so the question is when you lump this all in what can you afford and let's talk about that so when it comes to affordability it goes back to several key things number one what is your down payment some people, as you may see, there's all there's a huge rise of just all cash buyers right now. Why is that? When rates are higher, they can, instead of putting that money into a money market account that's yielding 5% right now, they say, look, I just dump it into the home because this now return is arguably better. So there's a lot more cash buyers in for that reason. But you can certainly do, you can certainly have many options. You can have down payment, lower money down. You can also ask friends and family for gift funds. That's the down payment section of it. The next is on the lending side. What kind of loan can I get? It really depends on your price range, right? Depends on your price range, depends on your income. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. What is your gross income? Typically, lenders will be able to loan you X amount, usually about 43 to 50% debt to income, right? So if you have a lot of student debt, even if you have $100,000 of student debt, it doesn't mean you can't buy a place. 
the $100,000 in student debt will equate to some monthly expense, and that just gets calculated into the formula. That's why you see physicians that have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, they can still buy $2 million houses. How do they do that? It's because their debt to income is still very good because of their high income, especially as they start working. So the debt isn't the the dollar amount of the debt isn't as bad as understanding what that monthly of what that of that of that amount would be. And last but not least is your credit score. If your credit score is too low, you're not going to be able to buy any home. So typically, I'm going to go over the different options, but you'll always want to improve your credit score just naturally. Like it's always good to make sure everything is paid off. Make sure you keep extending your credit line. Make sure you keep improving your credit score just naturally, so that whenever something like this happens, whether you're doing a large purchase like a home, car, or other things, then you're not having to scramble for that because it will take months to get that improved, right? Let's go over the breakdown. So let's take hypothetical. Today, let's say you have 20% down for a loan and you want to buy a place up to a million dollars. So you're taking a mortgage and a loan for 800,000. So let's assume right now a rate is like say 7% and that term is 30 years. If you use a mortgage calculator, your all-in cost for your monthly, including lent, your, your, your loan, your property tax, uh, homeowners insurance will be equating to about $6,447 a month. Now, generally, you have to think about this way. Most of the time, your cost of homeownership will always be higher than renting. This same place will rent probably for a million dollar house will rent for, let's say, $3,000. So your, your, your own, the cost of ownership is always higher and has always been this way. 10 years ago has been this way. 20 years ago has been this way. It's always been this way. The question is, does it make sense for you? Can you afford this amount? Is a 43% still doable with, for your case? And many people, especially in the Bay Area, it is. Think about this. A 6,444. Typically, if you're buying this place, you'll have an income of about, I would say your income will be about, let's say, $250,000. $250, combined income will probably afford this, which is equivalent to monthly, what is that, 20, 20,000 a month. So you can still see there's a decent spread. Even post-taxes, it's still a decent spread. And so that's the idea about this math and how that, how that comes to be. Now, just do the math for the others, right? Imagine someone buying a $2 million place, $3 million place. Any of your friends or family are doing that. You can do the math of how much they are making now each month to be able to afford something like that, right? Typically, the rule of thumb is about, at this, rate, at this point with the current rates, about four to one. Like typically, I would say if you, if you make 250000 it's about a four to one ratio. So anyone buying a million dollar house, they're you know, easily making over 500,000 uh, a year consistently, right? So this kind of gives you a breakdown. Now there are options with some lower money down options, but there'll be a higher rate. And why is that? You're putting less skin in the game, right? You're putting less, you're putting less skin in the game. You're putting less, you're putting less in. So your interest rate is going to be higher, but at least the lender is willing to give this to you. And so because of this, let's say you put 10% down, same for a million dollar home. $900,000 loan, so the loan size is bigger. But because of this, you're now, your total amount will be about $7,878. Now, this is a, a doable option for some people. If their income is good, they don't have as much saved, perhaps in stocks, perhaps you want to keep that 10% in other investments. People, some people are doing this instead and getting into that place, and then they eventually can pay down this, pay down this loan uh, faster at a later time. Okay, let's talk about just some frequently asked questions. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave it in the comments below and I'll be happy to address them 
as we proceed. So let's talk about any government programs. Are there any government programs out there? So there are a few government programs and let's go over them. Number one, which is most commonly and everybody has, a lot of people have heard of, which is the FHA program. The FHA program, the benefit of that, as you can see, lower credit card required, which is at 580, low down payment. That's the key about why people like this, three and a half percent down. And interesting enough, you don't have to be a first time home buyer for this. So a lot of people have been rolling this into the next property over and over again. Very interesting. Now, what's the downside of this? You have a higher upfront and more higher mortgage insurance premiums. There is a max loan size. So you can't go like $3 million house. There's a max loan for every area. And there's also different caps for multifamily. So this can be used for multifamily. There's a little bit more stringent closing requirements. For example, you may need to have different things repaired. There needs to be maybe a, a separate FHA appraiser that comes out. There's different, there's different limitations there. And last but not least, if it's a condo, it needs to be an FHA approved condo, which a lot of them are that way in the Bay Area, fortunately, but some of them may not be. So then it may not be eligible. Next, are there any other programs for the masses? And the answer is yes. You can see this is the program in this case for a VA loan. So VA loans actually have a 0% down uh, payment. There's no mortgage insurance as part of this. Your credit cards can be also fairly low too. Now, the difference though is there is a higher funding fee, but you can what they do is they actually bake in that funding cost and fee into the mortgage itself. And similar to an FHA loan, there's different requirements that a, a home has to be in to be able to get a loan and to pass their checks. And also similar to FHA loan, uh, it needs to be approved by the association if it's a condo that you're buying. The key about FHA and VA is, if you can think about it, a lot of these areas may not have the eligibility for a single family unless you go further out of that county. So those are the things to consider if you're going to be using these programs, uh, if you're going to be using these programs, right? Now, VA, the, um, the cap is also different. Uh, I've, I have some clients that can buy up to a $2 million home leveraging a VA loan. So the cap of how much you can buy up to can vary widely versus an FHA is actually standardized in terms of how much they can buy up to. Next, physician loans, right? Like for all of you that are potential doctors, uh, optometrists, uh, dentists, even certain programs like this, registered nurses, like they can be considered as this potential physician loan. Now, there's a lot of different physician loans out there. So this is not a standardized program. So there are many ones out there, like different banks have a variation of it. Some may be stronger than others. But the example that I have here is very powerful. If you work at Kaiser, you work at Stanford, you work at these other institutions, there are many programs that are allow you to, they will help with the down payment. So you can see your down payment amount can be very low, 3% down, 5% down, 10% down, right? So it can be very powerful. It can be a very low money down. At the same time, a lot of those institutions can give you up to 10% down already. So like Kaiser has this program. So this is why if you are a doctor, you're going to be probably working at, a, at that hospital for some time. And they have these incentives for you to be able to buy a place so that you can stay down there even further. And they'll be willing to give it to you at a very low rate or free as long as you stay for a certain amount of time. And so because of this, it is very possible that a lot of new physicians that have just their acceptance offer 
can already buy a house up to potentially $2 million. So this is a very powerful program. So if you're a physician or an incoming physician, or if you know anyone that's a physician, and a physician in, in this case is pretty broad, dentists, physicians, even some registered nurses, they can be eligible and we, want, we can have a conversation with them to understand their options. But this is subject to change and it has changed quite a bit throughout the years. So, um, but this is a, a, a widely available solution for the medical profession. Next, we have a lot of tech workers here, right? A lot of people asked, uh, I, you know, I work in tech. My income is $150,000, but my RSUs each year, I can make $100,000 from it. How do you calculate that? And the reality is we can calculate those RSUs as like additional income, but there is a history of how long you have to have it. Now, certain lenders have, the general standard is two years of history. Now, if you're trying, if you're at one year and trying to push it, I do have different lenders that can help for this, but that's the idea. So some of them can use that and count that as your total income, which may allow you to buy up more if you chose to do so. Now, most clients are not doing so, So, uh, but it is, uh, it, is, uh, it is something that can help a lot of people get started earlier. Next, how long do you have to work before you can get a loan? A lot of people think you have to work for two years, and the truth is no. As long as you're in school prior or you did some kind of training and you graduate from something, you can, you can get a, a loan and you can get a home as soon as you graduate. That's how some people that have good incomes right now, they work in tech, they make good incomes as an engineer or as a product manager. They may not have as much saved yet, but if they can get a little bit of assistance or they use these lower down options, they can already get into a place. Now, let's talk about some of these. The size of it is important. So there's a difference between a jumbo loan versus conventional loans amounts, right? So conforming loans have a loan size of up to $726,000. Jumbo tends to be over $1.08 for a loan size. Now, for many, some banks, they're actually stronger on jumbo loans than conforming versus some banks are strong on the conforming. So when you, depending on what you're buying up to, you may have different options. So as you think about your options, if you're a jumbo category, the big banks are very hard to compete with right now. They have lots of different programs to lower this, lower than what you get for these lower priced homes, interesting enough because they're then using their balance sheets to subsidize this. So if you're in that category, you take advantage of it while you can. Versus if you're conforming, your options are a little bit more capped. Uh, it's a little bit more standardized. And so our team does really well for that program and that can help you there. Let's talk about like the general minimum credit scores. This is just for helpful. Either way, you wanna increase this as much as you can, open up lines of credit cards, make sure they're fully paid off. Uh, don't overutilize the credit. Right, that's the whole idea about it, and over time you'll you'll build it up very quickly. So as you can see, the minimum credit scores for many, uh, for the minimum credit score for conventional is six twenty, jumbo six sixty, VA is five eighty, FHA is five eighty. Now, some people may be asking, what about some other alternatives, asset based loan options? What are the requirements for those? So there are other options where, let's say, you don't have an established history, um, you want to alternative solutions. There are solutions that can be looking at basically how much money you have. There are some people that have millions of dollars in their account, but they may not have that much income. Maybe they quit, maybe they retired, whatever the reason may be. And so if you you have options to get loans based on how much money you have, this is also a, a solution for many people that may not have the same income that they had before, but had a big windfall. This can help them. Let's wrap some, some things up with some additional questions. How does PMI work? 
and how do you get rid of it? So when it comes to FHA and conventional, because you are putting less money down, there is something called a mortgage insurance. Now, the mortgage insurance, the way they pay it off is different depending on the loan program that it is. So, for example, with conventional loans, you can go as little as 5% down. You can also go 10% down. So let's talk about these. FHA. There is a upfront mortgage insurance of 1.75%, which can be financed on top of the base of the loan. This is a fee for the housing department. Now, the annual mortgage insurance premium lasts for the life of the loan. 10% or more in down payment lasts for 11 years. So the solution for this is that whenever you have enough equity into it or you're able to accelerate the payoff, you may elect to refinance out of this program. That's the solution to get out of this. For conventional, this is a very powerful one. You can avoid PMI altogether with a down payment of at least 20%, or you can request to remove it when you reach 20% equity in your home. Once you re reach 22%, PMI is often removed automatically. If property values are rising where you live, you can request to remove early based on current value obtaining a new appraisal. Javier, you must have owned the house for at least two years and have at least 25% equity. This is a very interesting thing because many of my clients, and I have great stories about this, so kudos to you guys for having that knowledge to, to really get into a place that works and just keep accruing equity over time. Because homes do not go down over an extended period of time. Over an extended period of time, things go up, especially in the Bay Area. Now, certain years may go up and down, but over an extended period of time, like many stocks, as you have seen, like, like the general index tends to go up over time. So the value of that is if you have the time horizon as part of, of for you, which means you're planning to live in the air for some time, people get into it. They got in within a 3 5% down. Fortunately, the prices have gone up over the last couple of years as it reached this. They just simply let the lender know, pulled out the PMI because they have the equity in place. And now they got into a place with so little done and they have some substantial equity in the home. So a lot of it has to do with the game plan. You're lucky you have these solutions in place to get into a place, take advantage of it. Over time, save up, pay it off faster, right? If you really want to get these things removed, do that. But either way, it's just a math equation. PMI is like 0.2%, something like that. So it's not like a crazy amount of money. And it allowed you to not have to wait years to get into a place or get into a place that you like, right? Last but not least, let's talk about the max debt-to-income ratio. Typically, it's about 43% to 50%. Different lenders have different options. Um, so if you really want to push that, my wife on our lending team, they have options for as much as like 49, 50% that can be done. Well, this wraps up this conversation. And the key is there's no need to guess on any of this stuff. All of this can be determined upfront by just having a conversation with me, have a conversation with my wife on the lending side, to then know what your options are and then establish a game plan to start actively looking, right? Because these are the key things that you want to do before you start looking. Because why look at a million dollar home when you can buy 1.4 or when you can buy 800? Why even spend all that time? Why don't you figure out what can you really buy? What does that look like in terms of monthly? Are you comfortable with, with that? And if are, that equates to X dollar amount, let's look at homes for X dollar amount. And then you'll be successful in finding a place. So if there's any questions, please give me a call. Send me a text, 408-547-4590. I'll be the one that picks it up. I'll be the one responding to you. Or send me an email and we can begin a conversation and get you going along with your journey. I appreciate the time as usual. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Follow me and connect with me on Instagram. And I'll see you the next one. Bye now.